Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Joining me, Anthony Watterson, and my co-host Gary Clark. How are we doing, Gary? Knackered, mate. Absolutely knackered from five aside, and I'm sweating. But uh, other than that, I'm good, mate. What about yourself? I'm all right, mate. I don't play five aside. That's for young, fitter people than me. Well, my you knees know, didn't work. 30, no more, like. Thirty-five-year-old, twenty stones, <laughs> not a good five-a-side player. But uh, enough about me, and enough about five-a-side. Um, we're joined tonight by a very special guest. Um, he is the Founder of the Access All Areas Pod, former What's the Crack host, who um, we we managed to get on last year talking talking about Sunderland, which I still can't remember if it came out nail or not, but we'll uh, we'll get into that. And also supporter of the Twenty Years Plenty Movement, um, which is uh, discussing ticket prices in football. It is, of course, Neil Littlewood. Now we're doing Neil. Ah, uh, all good boys, all good boys. Really, really been looking forward to this. Thanks for uh, let, letting me come and waffle with you for a bit. <laughs> You, no uh, well, that's that's a great uh, <laughs> waffle. That's a great word, isn't it? <laughs> it uh, is, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, before we do start, mate, obviously I want to talk about Access All Areas because it's a brand new podcast that obviously you've co-founded. So, what is it you're going to be looking to do with that? So, Access All Areas. The clues have been the name. Um, with what we what I was doing previously, it was it was a bit um, commentary focused, and I, I wanted to look a little bit wider. Um, it was a bit football focused. I wanted to look a little bit wider. So, what we're going to look at doing is we're still going to have some commentary content, which I know a lot of your listen- listeners won't care about, and that's completely fine. Um, but we want to kind of look at the wider football sphere, as it were. Um, the guy I launched with, AD Ilif, um, who's Aid Shirts on Twitter, massive shirt collector. I love my shirts myself. So, there's going to be some Same. football shirt content on there as well. Um, we, we really want to branch uh, and kind of 
look at the, the, the wider issues in, poly, uh, in in football as well and sports. You know, we love what you guys are doing with the Sunderland ladies. We, we I, I don't think women's football gets enough exposure. Um, you know, by, by general fans, as it were. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, we just want to lift lift the lid a little bit. And when you look at podcasts that are in the norm, you know, it's former players that get interviewed. It's you know the current style, it's that sort of stuff. I know about the kit man. I don't know what a data analyst does. I, I want to know what goes on that makes a football club tick or a rugby club tick or a netball club tick. I, I, that's what interests me. So that's what, we, that's what we're trying to do. We, we're trying to peel back the curtain a little bit and kind of let ourselves into that world. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's an interesting one, Gary, for me with, with that, because I think that's a, a really good concept of an idea. But, I mean, we don't know, obviously, with, with every football club or rugby club or cricket club, whatever it is, there's, play, there's, you know, there's players and you all know who the players are, you know. But there's a lot of things, you know, in the background that gets done that you don't kind of see. I mean, obviously, a lot of football teams now have a guy who just sits there and watches the highlights of the previous game, like a data analyst or, or things like that, who, who need the exposure just as much. They're just as important cog in the wheel, really, aren't they? Oh, 100%. Um, it'd be a brilliant job, though, being a data analyst. I, personally, I would love that. Like, just watching football, watching how your team play or how a team plays, I think it would be absolutely class. But, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's not enough credit that goes towards... The people who really keep clubs ticking. Um, obviously, there's a lot of focus just on the manager, the assistant coach, and the players. But what about the person who wash it, washes the kits every week for them? Yeah. You know, there's just not enough focus on it. And uh, totally, one hundred percent, think it's such a great idea as well. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Thank you. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, mate, best of luck with it, mate. And obviously, um, you know, if, if you want me on or you want Gary on or whoever you want, and ho- hopefully this, <laughs> if I come on, the pod does go out. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I genuinely have no idea what happened with the uh, with the What's the Crap recordings. That wasn't my responsibility. Now I'm no longer a part. I genuinely don't know what's going on. So who knows, that episode may surface at one point. <laughs> I hope it doesn't, because I said some things are kind of like, you know, <laughs> in roundabout now, I'm sure I was in the kind of, we're going up now, you know what I mean? You were, and, uh, 100% were. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't actually turn out that way, obviously, I but think, I'm, I'm in like that Jack Ross as well. What's that, sorry? I swear you said you like Jack Ross as well. Did I? <laughs> oh, <my opinion. laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, I don't think I did, but and never mind, never mind. Well, what 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 we'll go on to now is mate. Obviously, the um the twenty is plenty movement, which is mm-hmm. for um away tickets to be caps at twenty quid, which I think is a great you know idea. Obviously, I think it came in a few years ago with the Premier League that all of them were capped at twenty five. Um, but for me, especially with you know the times at the moment, obviously we've had the COVID. Uh, pandemic, which you know we we never got to watch football for a year, you know unless you're watching it online or something like that. But I've noticed, especially since since Sunderland have come down into the Championship League, one where a lot of sides know that we bring, you know, we bring crowds. You know what I mean? We're a big draw, especially in League One, and obviously yourselves were when you're in League One mm-hmm. as well. Um, but we get like charged like 35, 40 quid. I think I went to. Um, it might have been Chillingham a few years ago. Now it was thirty-five quid a ticket, and for me, like it's it's a bit like what you know what I mean. So was is that like a kind of um, is that what started yourself off on that, mate? Was it was it being like you currently going to away games and thinking why am I paying this? Do you know what, mate? It was 
it was that and also seeing how much Coventry were charging away fans. Mm. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I started at home, I sent an email to the football club. Um, this season, we've brought in a category system which we haven't had since the Premier League years. Um, so, 90s. Um, and Cat A games are 20 quid, Cat B games are 25, Cat C, or, or maybe what well, that the wrong way around, but the three categories 20, 25, 30. Yeah. Um, and for away fans, for some reason, there's only one sort of concessions. The kids under 13 are paying upwards to 20 quid for some games. There's nowhere on earth should a child have to pay more than a five to get into a football match. Not having that. That's your next generation of support. So don't throw some out of it. Football is the working man's game and it's been robbed by money men. Um, it's turned into this big corporate advertising campaign. You know, rich blokes, who I know we're going to talk about it later, but it seems like the richest blokes in the world are just picking their latest toys to play with. And that's all yeah. it is. And hang on a minute. Sunderland, Coventry, clubs like that have been around for hundreds of years. Well, 125, 130 years. We were here before them and we'll be here long after them. That's, you know, our voice should be heard. I, I was always quite vocal about fan ownership and, a, you know, a member of the board or a percentage of the club being owned by fans. That's never going to happen in today's world. But I think we need to be a little bit more vocal about ticket prices. Coventry played Derby on Saturday, and Derby are bringing over 3,000 fans. Derby have gone through the mill the last couple of years, let's be honest. Yeah, they're, bringing, they're bringing over 3,000 fans, and we're charging 30 quid. And that is scandalous. I, it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, I'm going to Preston tomorrow night. I'll pay 25 quid for that. On a Wednesday night, should you know, I booked half day off work. I'm, got, I'm leaving Coventry at one o'clock in the afternoon. Won't get back till one o'clock in the morning. 25, 20, is that reasonable? Whereas I went to Luton earlier on in the season and a lot of people get joy out of the fact that we lost 5 0. But that was 20 quid a ticket. And do you know what? I couldn't grumble. You're happy paying 20 quid. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that goes for everyone. What I want to see happen is, uh, and, and, and what the 20 is plenty campaign he's kind of looking at is that cap of 20 quid especially for away support you look at you, you look at Sunderland on Saturday going to Gillingham away that's what a 400 mile round trip yeah, at least yeah yeah at it's, least. it's two trains yeah so it, it, it's a 400 mile round trip what and you expect someone to pay 28 30 quid on top of that come on you're just making the game inaccessible even some home tickets are ridiculous, but you're never going to win that battle. So I, I look at it. So I've got a wife and a daughter. If I wanted to take them to Preston with me tomorrow night, 25 for me, 25 for her, and I think it's 15 for my daughter, 65 quid before I've even left the door. Mm. And you've got to think, well, what's the point? What's the point? My brother's got two kids and his missus. You look at 100 quid before he's left the door. And you, you just go, is that even... You can understand why families don't go to football anymore. You, you know, why you don't yeah. see a lad and his dad sort of thing. You see a bunch of young, especially on away days. You, you look at the away end during this game, and I'd say 70% are young lads in their 20s who are probably single or got a girlfriend, no responsibilities, and can afford to do that. Uh, and I think that's where away days have this really rubbish reputation. I was at Blackburn Saturday following Cov. 
Come from behind 2-0, drew to all, atmosphere was unreal. And I looked around and there was kids around, there was women around, all races and creeds. And I thought, you know what, this is football for me. This is what it's yeah. about. But we still paid too much for the ticket because, again, I left Coventry at 10 o'clock in the morning. I didn't get back till 8 o'clock at night. The petrol costs and everything else that go on top. Yeah, fair enough. I make that decision to make that journey. Mm-hmm. But I think, especially even as a home fan, the best games you have is when you've got a full-away end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. You, you know, people are going to drink, they're going to buy programmes, they're going to buy food. Get them in, take the money off from inside the stadium. If if all you care about is the pound note, get them in the door. Rather than having 2,000 empty seats, fill them a little bit cheaper and get them spending money behind the bar. Do you think that, like, obviously... I... The, the Bundesliga attract quite a lot of English fans, but the Bundesliga do it all in a package. So you've got yeah. like your flight, your travel, and I, I think some of them include the hotel and the game for like for a set price. You put that away. So do you think like it, it could even like if you go to like a big city, so say say like a Manchester City or Manchester United, you know, and they include the whole thing in a package, stop you having a hotel overnight, and then you can you can go out, see the city of Manchester, and that makes the kind of area of Manchester a little bit more popular, if you know what I mean by that. Do you think that could be something that the Premier League could look at, or even the whole football league could look at? 100%. You look at London alone. How many football league clubs are in London? Off the top mm-hmm. of my head, it's double figures. I, 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 you know, even if you're going to branch out into Essex, you know, surrounding areas, you're looking at double figures, potentially 15. Surely a club like Leighton Orient could do with that sort of exposure when they're when they're fighting West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal for for supporters. You know, if, if those package deals, yeah, they, they they sound brilliant. Like you say, your ticket's twenty quid, but because you're getting the ticket, you get a discounted rate at the local Premier Inn. Mm. Hotel chains are available. You know, you, you get a discount on on your train ticket with a little promo code. Or you get free parking within a certain radius of the stadium if you're going to drive down. And you're right. If you can make a weekend of it, you're going to encourage the families in then. So I don't know if I said to my missus, oh, we've got Blackpool at the weekend. We make a weekend of it. Yes, let's do it. Rather than, oh, we've got Blackpool at the weekend. All right, I'll see you Sunday morning. Because she's not going to come walk for a day for a game of football. So, like you say, and <laughs> COVID, every, every city's economy has been battered for the last two years. Anything you can do to try and put money in the coffers, why not? Yeah, I mean, well, Gary, we'll, we'll talk to you about this because obviously um, we'll, we'll go back to the, the COVID kind of thing. And you were a bit of a, a victim of the COVID because obviously you lost your job, you know, doing really well in your job, lost your job, and you've had to, you know, start again, really. And, and you've started coming back to the Sunderland games because you've been allowed uh, the time now, you know, your weekends are, are free for you to do. But Say if you're obviously you, you you with your girlfriend now. Say if you got a chance of going out, you know, in your local pub for, you know, spend thirty or forty quid or double that to go and watch a football team. It's kind of no brainer, isn't it? And I, I kind of get with this this twenties plenty thing that and I've got away games. And I've spent an absolute fortune, you know, and I have. But you know, it's I've been supporting the club, and sometimes it's blind loyal. But when you get a bit older, it's kind of like oh, the the pennies are kind of adding up, aren't they? So yeah, yeah I mean, what what. Like if you were given the option, Gary, what would you rather do? Would you rather stay in, wouldn't you? First of all, it's one of them things, isn't it? You're not going to pay a top top side of a hundred plus to go and watch a football match for ninety minutes. Pay sixty pound, you know, for a train. Um, like 
you got to think of like the long term logistics of what it can do for a city. You know, like there's a lot of cities which probably aren't out there and recognized for you know some, for example, culture. Lincoln City might be one for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very similar in stature to Durham. Maybe it's a little bit bigger. Um, but you know, if you're putting out there that the tickets are capped at a certain price, discounted travel, much like Neil said, uh, hotels. And then, you know, you can put it out there and go, oh, well, there's this place around the corner, you know, you get a crack and breakfast there on, on Sunday morning. Um, it's putting it's putting the city out there rather than just the football team or whatever's 100%. surrounding. And, you know, you, you're bringing in the culture. And, you know, if you, if you want to go back to a certain city because you had such a great time, you're going to go, oh, well, well, we'll catch a Lincoln City game or we'll go catch a Coventry City game because, you know, a way support is just so underrated like I, I love a good away day like i mean me, me and Ant had some uh cracking ones barnsley um out in stanley getting absolutely pissed on um but you is know, it ever drawing there sorry to be fair mate barnsley we got we got ran out of the town uh, it was like one of those old westerns you know the of that hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we 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 ended up getting into the wrong side of barnsley so we were with all the home fans and obviously we had us on the tops and all that and you know the people at Barnsley obviously are made with vegetables to be honest but they were they, they literally ran us out of town uh, it was mental and so we ended up playing an empty Shikari song called Sorry You're Not a Winner whilst we were driving like out of Barnsley which was which was quite fun um, yeah, I just poked but, the bear poked the bear but um, <laughs> you, it, yeah. you touched on well, obviously, obviously so you touched this, on um, there as well about um, sorry, like me um, losing my job at, uh, in Covid which 100% yeah um, totally correct um, but like coming off the back of that, I'm not the only person that did lose my job. But the silver linings, you know, I've I've in a job where I've got a much better work life balance. You know, my girlfriend's a teacher; I get to see her every weekend. Um, whereas I'm not working in restaurant till till nine ten o'clock at night doing close shifts. Um, have the flexibility to get to the games. Uh, you know, it it silver linings at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, every dark cloud's got that silver lining, mate. Yeah, like, that's, that's how I look at it. 100%. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I mean, and Neil, obviously, with this 20th pick, what's the long term goal? Is the long term goal is to cap to cap it down to 20? Or have you got other things in mind for it? Look, this is just the start, just to get a little bit of attention, just to get people listening to what we're saying and realise that. I'm sure we've all spoke about it on Twitter, we spoke about it in the polls, we spoke about it on Facebook fan forums. QPR, 33 quid, that's scandalous. Do something about it. You know, and I've had some people say, well, oh, you'll never change it and all the rest of it. Look, in 1999, people said that Man United fans wouldn't stop Rupert Murdoch buying Man United, and they did. Um, we live in a different world to what we used to. You know, with COVID and everyone else, everyone's got a bit more of a voice. Let, let's just get together as a football community and say, hang on a minute enough's enough and i'm not saying people will vote with their feet because they won't they've been deprived of football for two years but let's just start making some noise somewhere yeah yeah do you remember when the the 25 quid one came in it uh, i think it was liverpool who started it all off mm-hmm. and jürgen klopp i think it might have been jürgen klopp and he blamed that for liverpool conceding later on it was against Sunderland, by the way <laughs> but he blamed that and it was like right no think of the bigger picture you know there is it is a bigger picture isn't there? We'll 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 um we will talk about money in football because 
I'm begrudgingly, begrudgingly talking about this, but, um, you know, Gary's the boss of this podcast, you know, he, he created it, he made it, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, a host and his mate, you know what I mean? But we want to be, we want to be unbiased. We do want to be unbiased and we want to talk Ooh. about football sport in general. Mate, you've got a commentary fan on for a start and I'm sure that one was some back on, so... Yeah, that's all. That's it. Yeah, but we we are genuinely a sports podcast, not not so much a Sunderland podcast because hey, you know, there's there's guys who were doing that a lot better than what we could do it. Now I'm part of one of them. So, but the takeover of Newcastle United by you know PIF Amanda Stavely, um, the Ruben brothers. You know, obviously it was probably the most controversial takeover um, in Premier League history, I would say, because it it wasn't going ahead last year. All of a sudden, um, being sports of come up with the um a rescue deal or whatever it was in Saudi and that, that they're now allowed to show games in there. I just want to get your like kind of opinion on it because you, you kind of said there before it's all about you know who who, who which football club has the richest owner now. Uh, you know the game I think is dying very very slowly and something does quite need to be done about it. But I just want to get your opinion on it in 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 a basis kind of thing really. Hundred percent, mate. You know. The northeast is known as the working class backbone of Britain, you know, uh, and hate to club you together, but Newcastle stands in the Middlesbrough. If we're talking purely football, good, honest football clubs, good communities that support them. The, the fact you boys are getting thirty odd thousand in League One still speaks volumes about the people that go and watch the football in that area and how important football is to that community. Now. Don't get me wrong, Mike Ashley is one. It's uh, there's words that I can't say to describe him because <laughs> what he's done in terms of uh, as a worker, um, you know, with some of the things you hear about employees at Sports Direct, are horrific. Um, what isn't a Newcastle football club? St James's Park, calling it the Sports Direct Arena. Come on, mate. Yeah. You, you know, like, I'm sure you boys have had plenty of laughs and jokes about it over the years, but if you want to break it down and look at it, someone coming to the stadium online and called it the Vodafone Stadium, or you know, just, <laughs> come on, mate, you, you know, let, let us have what's ours. It kills me that, you know, I, we play in a stadium that's sponsored. Um, but I don't understand how Newcastle said, yeah, got rid of these horrible geezer that used to have zero-hour contracts. Yeah, but you're now run by the Saudi government that behead journalists. Yeah, but that's all right, isn't it? Because it's not Mike Ashley. It, it, it baffles me. I understand why there was opposition to them taking over, because if you're talking about a fit and proper persons test, the Saudi government are passing that. Um, but even if you just want to look at it, the fundamentals of the finances, Newcastle are in a relegation battle at the minute. They ain't going down. Because what they'll do is in January, I think I've seen somewhere they can spend up to $450 million without breaching financial fair play. Yeah. They're just going to throw it at mercenaries that will keep them up. Um, and then they'll slowly... They'll do, what, they'll do what City did, where they'll build slowly. City brought players like Bellamy, Santa Cruz, um, De Jong, Gareth Barry, who were great players, but let's be honest, they're not world beaters and then slowly turned into a club that could attract the likes of Aguero De Bruyne you know and these world class players and slowly but surely I think that's what Newcastle will end up doing um, and look it would be it would be great for the North East to kind of have the spotlight on them again 
I'm sure you boys won't enjoy it as, uh, as, um, as much as the rest of us. I think I'll move country, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> not to Saudi Arabia? No, 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 I'll not be welcome there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm not... I've seen, obviously, what's going on, obviously, with, with the Sky coverage and everything like that. And I do think, as, as an entity, Sky and a lot of the mainstream media should have kind of done a lot more than... And what had done, obviously, that you know, listen, you know, Newcastle fans have the right to be happy about, you know, getting taken over. And you know what? If it was, if it was someone with all this money taken over, suddenly I'm sure I would get excited, you know. And listen, you know, it's the hope. It, it brings the hope back to that football club. But Gary, I want to get your opinion on it. I know you've been very, very vocal about it on on Twitter and on uh, on our WhatsApp groups and things like that. I mean, has this is this now making Newcastle the next football superpower? And also, where does it end? Like, who's next? Is it going to be like, say, Vladimir Putin, or, <laughs> or you know, or someone like that, with a lot of money who 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 has really no morals whatsoever? What's to stop him from owning a football club in in, in England? It's just going to end up being um, who's got the richest owner award in the Premier League, I think. I um, one percent. I mean, Neil touched on it earlier on when he said it's all these rich owners who it's just a new toy firm, toy of them. I mean, there's talk of PIF now looking to purchase into Milan for one billion. So does that mean that they're trying to do the Man City, where they're trying to get a team, obviously in the MLS, but just differently, Serie A? Um, but Watford have also done that. They've got you, the owners of the owners of Udinese. And now they own Watford, and you know they like sacking a manager every two weeks. But um, I swear they own a Spanish club as well. I think they own a Spanish club as well. I, I think there's a Qatafi. It might be Qatafi. It might be, I yeah. You just but, think you look at the morals of it, and you just yeah. think, how is that? Just, it just makes no sense. It's it's just a new toy. One hundred percent, what you said before is I thought it was a brilliant way to put it. It's a new toy. Um, Newcastle fans of the the finally rid of Mike Ashley. Happy for them. Really, I'm happy for them that you know they don't have to deal with an owner who doesn't, quite frankly, doesn't give a shit. Um, and you know they've got new owners in. I was very vocal about it because I really, really don't know how this deal has got over the line with everything that went on with Jamal Khashoggi. He got murdered alive. With <laughs> <Brown envelopes. laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the Premier League have been offered all this money, haven't they? They're getting their money. And that's all it is. That's all the Premier League are bothered about. It's money, 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 and how how they're broadcasted amongst the whole world, you know. And it it, it is sick. But, yeah, I just can't I can't get know, my head around them. certain aspects of it. Like obviously, PS the first time it came around, PSG had said, "Oh well, we we don't want them buying a football club." Then two days later, there was a case for BN Sports for piracy. So this the stuff getting made up, or do the Saudis have? dirt on other countries or people who you know are against them for example um obviously i'm being very careful what i'm saying here but um it's just, yeah, um, just... if, if anyone hears this i didn't kill myself okay <laughs> uh, the saudis have got me um i just i don't know like i just i don't think there should be anywhere near football i'm on about the kingdom here it shouldn't be anywhere near the football <laughs> against football obviously there's rumours that Mohammed bin Salman is ultimately in charge of PIF will he get involved if he gets involved as far as I've, I've heard from a few people Newcastle will be kicked out of football but that, I think that's one of the clauses there's the, the kingdom cannot get involved um, but then their chairman is a non-executive chairman who was at the game yesterday who looked like he was falling asleep 
But that that meme where it says he was Googling it, can you sack a manager at half-time was hilarious, though. Brilliant. Um, Although, one thing I did see that was quite funny um, was he looked like he celebrated the goal before it went in. Ant and Deck were asleep in front of him. Also, the wrong way round, by the way. First time I've ever seen Ant on the, Ant, um, on the right. That confused me. That, that can't happen again. That's why people sitting there having chips and fish. No, that can't happen. Stop it. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for me, guys, and I, I, I'm intrigued to see what you think. Everyone said it with every club that's been took over, but what happens when they get bored? Yeah. And they go, do you yeah. know what? I, I don't want this anymore. And they just pull you're going to you're gonna have the you know uh, and I, I'm going to include Newcastle in this. Newcastle are probably the new super club of the Premier League, and um, you're going to end up having a, a, a Real Madrid Barcelona kind of um, story in the Premier League where Man City are going to be crippled, Newcastle will be crippled, Chelsea wants Abramovich decides he wants to to go away, they'll be crippled in debt because they've spent loads of money and they're not invested, well, they're not reinvesting it, but they're not getting the transfer fees going out as well as coming in, are they? You know, so it's all just spend, 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 but then they're not, you know, they're not making these new footballers or the young footballers and selling them on. So it's just going to end up being just, you know, I won't be surprised in about 15, 16 years if the likes of Burnley win the Premier League. Because it's such a well, proper, well-run club, and you know the, um, it's just going to end up being debt, 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 isn't it? Or, or, or the Super League will happen, and yeah, and, and, it'll, and it'll go ahead. You know what I mean? Well, I really that, hope that it just kills football for me. That kills yeah. football. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that 100%. as well. I just, um, like, again, going back to this, you know, Mike Ashley's gone. Happy for the Newcastle fans, you know, they don't have a shit owner, but long term. What happens if there's such a, so much controversy around this takeover or stuff goes on in the kingdom? The North East, ultimately, and Newcastle are going to be marred for it. Like, mm-hmm. They're going to be targeters. That's what concerns me about football and the North East as a whole. Because North East as a whole is, is a brilliant footballing community. You know, we're getting, Like you said, Neil, we're getting 30,000 in League One. And that's a community. Um, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, there was a great turnout for Newcastle yesterday. Granted, it wasn't the result that we were potentially hoping to get. Um, but still, you know, like that that just shows how great the support can be in the North East. And I hope whatever, I hope that there's no controversies that happen over the next 5, 10, 15 years, which mar the North East as a whole. 100%. One thing I can't wait to see, though, is when... These posh kids that have supported Chelsea and Man City and keep changing allegiances because they like the new super club turn up in Newcastle for the first time because that's going to be eye opening for them, isn't it? Go to you for a couple of travels. Yeah, I can't go wait. Go to the strawberry that. just opposite. <laughs> Black guard. I'll go down the big market. You know what? Newcastle's gone as much as being the Sunderland support. You know, Newcastle's a great night out. And like mm. I say, I don't blame the fans for this. I blame oh, the I blame the Premier League, and you cannot blame the fans for getting excited. I mean, I do. I did feel sorry for all of the um, the housewives or whoever was making the Sunday's dinners at Newcastle just to find out that all the um, all the dinner costs had gone. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I've seen one picture and it's a, it's a bloke and his lad and his lad must be a teenager and like the caption underneath it was like dad you sure this is a good idea I have got school tomorrow um, and he's like that'd be fine son it's not like we're on Sky or anything just like oh. I, didn't, I didn't like the, the that two, like, the two, like, things, I, the two like, things I will say about the Newcastle fans uh, with this takeover one you, you mentioned the result they didn't want 
what you think just getting brought overnight instantly turns Joel Inton into a wonderful player and <laughs> Isaac Hayden come on come off it and two the abuse that Steve Bruce has got is horrific for for a Geordie lad who's come in and he's he's don't get me wrong you boys witnessed it firsthand. he hardly plays the most pretty football he never has but he can only work within his restraints and, and what will happen is Steve Bruce will go at some point, and I don't doubt that at all, and someone will come in just before January and be given this kitty, like I mentioned before, and we'll bring in these world beaters and they'll be, they'll be hailed this saviour. And I think that's jack as fuck on Steve Bruce. Mm. I mean, I'm not the biggest Steve Bruce fan, but I do think that, you know, there's a lot of stuff like wishing, like wishing death on him and things like that. It's just yeah. not good enough. You know, oh, and, and he has got a home, you know, he's got a home to go to, he's got a family to, you know, and, and it must be, I mean, he must be in the most impossible job at the minute because he knows that eventually he's going, oh, you know, he, he knows that he's going. And the last thing he, I think, the la- I think it kind of shows his metal, really, that he, he's actually turned up yesterday, you know, because he knew he was going to get pelters and all this new regime and everything like that. And it ends up in booing the manager, I think, is a little bit wrong. But the last thing that. I want to come across is, is, is a bit of Sunderland fan or a bit of football fan, to be honest, because mm. I think the fans the fans of Newcastle probably deserved the Ash, Ashley gone. I just wish it was a better, you know, a better owner or, you know, someone with, with you know, morals, to be honest. But um, we'll, we'll stop talking about that now, man. We'll start talking about Coventry. Because... Yes, I mean, what a season so far, man. I mean, back at the redoor, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know how long it's been. What was it, about six, seven years away from the redoor? Um, no, we, we we played two seasons in St Andrews, but we'd only been back about three years because we'd been in Northampton before that. Yeah. So, yeah in in the last ten years, we played three away from home. Well, I mean, and, but to be back there in, in, in the top half, in the, in the playoff positions, isn't it, at the minute? And Both I think last, me, yeah, last week we went second um, under under Mark Robbins, who I think is a great manager. I think he's an absolutely tremendous manager. I mean, if you were given that after what happened last season, because there was a time where Coventry were in in a relegation dogfight, and, and take that now, I mean, you would have took that to start of the year, wouldn't you? 100%. Um, there was a lot of talk with Coventry fans um pre-season um we lost every game in pre-season um mm. and there was talk about our midfield we didn't we had Matty James last season didn't replace him because he went to Bristol uh Leo was the guy that sent it off he went to Stoke and we're like, we haven't replaced him um sold our first team called Goldie Morosi and brought in Simon Moore from Sheffield United who was a career number two um court heroes like back to be army moving on it was <clears throat> there was a lot of negativity and there was a lot of pessimism, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I, I said I'll stay up on goal difference. I don't care. Just keep us in this league. Um, you know, sides like Luton spent well, Birmingham spent well. Um, you know, th- th- there was clubs that did a lot of good business in and around where we were last year. So I expected teams to push on. Um, and we didn't spend a lot of money, but obviously we brought in Ben Sheaf on a permanent deal, brought in Simon Moore, like I mentioned before. And Matson came in from Chelsea on loan, young kid who played for Charlton last year, which we didn't know much about. Martin Waggon was the big one, um, you know, but coming off the back of two not great seasons at Derby, mm-hmm. turned Jokarez's loan into a permanent. Now, we all seen what he's done this season, but 
if you told me this time last this time last year that we were going to sign Victor Djokovic and he was going to be up there with you know replacing Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the Sweden squad, I would have said one who, and two oh that lad who's on loan at Swansea who can't even get on the bench, <laughs> you know, it, it, and that's true he couldn't. And, you know, we've just turned the fortune around, and we've had Dennis Lawrence just coming as a coach, and it looks like he's doing wonders off the park. And the players just look confident. I don't know if it's because we're back at home, if crowds are back, they look fitter. Maybe it's a full pre-season. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's been alright. Yeah, I mean, I and mean, Gary, we'll, we'll talk about um, another like of Martin Marcon. He's, he's been around the block, you know, a, a Sunderland youth lad. You know, he's he's played for a few teams. Do you think sometimes with that, uh, it's it's right club for the right player? You know what I mean by that? I uh, definitely. Um... When we had him, did he play like a handful of games for us? I'm sure we did. He played about four times, yeah. yeah. Made his debut against Man United, actually. Yeah, I mean, it was an absolute um, journey, man. And, you know, I, I think he really he really kicked on when he went to Rangers, to be fair. I yeah. think that's where he kind of found his foot and he was getting game time. Because then if you look at it, he came back to Ipswich, double figures, 16 goals 44, uh, in 44 games. And now Derby and now Coventry, granted, just signed for them this season, ten games, one goal. Um, but like he's he's got a lot of experience. He's a, he's what you would call a journeyman. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I think he's I think he adds a dynamic to to Coventry's team. And one thing that I'm a big fan of is is that he's British. He's homegrown. He's from South Shields, um, which is great again for the northeast. Um, that you know we've got these homegrown players who are playing in. You know, either the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, National League. You know, there's some, there's some element of northeast community being there as well. But no, I think he's he's a journeyman. I think he he's he's a good dynamic for Coventry. Hundred percent. The, the the way he settled in. Well, I mentioned Jacarez before. The movement between them, the link up. If Djokovic ain't scoring those goals, then Mike Horn would be putting them away. You know, he 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 has sacrificed his own play a little bit because he realised, you know, Victor's on on a run of form and can't stop scoring. So, yeah, give him the ball and let him crack on, sort of thing. Um, he he, he seems to be fitting really well, and I'm I'm very happy to have him here. The, the championship at the minute seems as if, um, you know, obviously Fulham are, are playing well, but you know they've got the parachute payments and, and stuff like that. Bournemouth are doing okay, but. You know, it's it's there for Coventry though, isn't it? I mean, there's a, there's a chance that, that that if they keep on doing what they're doing, that they're going to be well in amongst it. And you know, is is promotion viable? Do you think? Well, that's a loaded question, man. Um, <laughs> Eleven think... games in now, mate. I look at the table now. <laughs> yeah, mate, hundred percent. And we said it at the start of the season when we won the first couple of games. It was let, let's have a look at let's have a look at Halloween, the international break. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Christmas. You know, you break it down like that. And yeah, we played our twelve games on Saturday. Our twelve game on Saturday, I think we were on twenty three points, and we didn't hit that until February last year. That already shows sort of where we're at. The sides that we've beaten, beating Forest at home, beating Cardiff at home, hundred percent record at home. You know, so I think we're the only two sides left with hundred percent record. Coventry and Sunderland, um, and it is that old adage, is it? That old adage in football: you win your home games and try and pick up points on the road. Yeah, that's where we're struggling at the minute. Um, so we played six away from home. I've been I've been to the mall and witnessed some brilliant stuff and some terrible stuff. Um, losing to Barnsley was horrible. Lose, uh, drawing at Millwall. Blackburn on Saturday, giving two goals before we get going. 
Uh, we need to start picking up a, a few more points on the road. We've got Preston Wednesday night. You know, again, I'm heading up to that. We haven't won, I don't think we've ever won at Deepdale. I think I see the start earlier. We played 16 games at Deepdale and never won. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but that's what needs to change, that sort of um, record that we've got. We beat Fulham 4-1 at home, completely played them off the park. Absolutely. In a spell of 15 minutes, destroyed them. Peterborough come to our place. In seven minutes, we scored three goals and absolutely yeah. put them to the sword. But yet, we go to Millwall and we struggle to get a draw. We go to Blackburn without Diaz, Barrett and Diaz, who's their, you know, their main man. He's sat on the bench. They haven't... They've played Dolan, who hasn't trained all week. had tons of lawyers. Sam Gallagher's playing on one leg. And they're turning up at half time. And you yeah. just think... He's so Jekyll and Hyde at the minute. So I think that will be something that if, we, if we're serious about getting in the playoffs, that needs addressing. And I think the other thing that will happen is January will... will, will you've got clubs like Cardiff that have got a few quid that they can chuck about. Um, Borough, will, Borough, if they get rid of Warnock and bring someone in, will probably chuck a few quid about. Um, Bournemouth, if they want to push on and, you know, get there, will chuck a few quid. The, the Chef United, again, parachute payments, chuck a few quid, get up there. We ain't got a we ain't got a part to piss in. So we're so we ain't gonna do that. We might pull in a few loans. And then it's keeping hold of the likes of Hamer, Jokarez, Kalamoha, um, who have been phenomenal this season. And January is something I'm doing. I'm looking forward to deadline day in January more than ever. Just to get yeah. it out of the way, keep all of our players and then see what happens from there. I'm curious, Gary, do you think uh, Neil to so, find out sorry, what you think of Oh, no, sorry, I'm curious to find out what you think of Jay Clark Salter on loan anyway, because we had him on oh, loan. <laughs> Do you know what? So when we signed it, it was rumoured we were signing him for about two weeks before we actually did. And I had messages from, because I think he was at Bristol Rovers a couple of years ago. Um, he was at Birmingham last year. And I had a couple of messages of fans going, oh, strap yourself in, the lads are roller coaster. <laughs> and we're like, right, OK, fair enough. Comes on at Barnsley, nearly gets into a fight within three minutes, and you think, okay, play Blackpool, and he looks like prime Barese. He was unreal, and you think, okay, people have got this wrong. Go to QPR, again, unbelievable. And then we play Luton, and the lad looks like he has never tied boots up before, let alone <laughs> kick the football. Um, yeah, he's had COVID since then, so he, he played against Fulham. Um, but he's had COVID since then so he's really hit and miss he strikes me as the sort of player that he's either going to get 8, eight 9 out of 10 or 2 or 3 out of 10 there's no yeah. middle ground with him I, I don't know how you boys kind of got on with him he was awful <laughs> I'll tell you what I will but he was amongst many awful people so you know it wasn't just you know he was too I think he was too young at the time to join a, a relegation threatened side uh, I, I really do believe that you know but he he, he was not great, but uh, he did get one of the best red cards I've ever seen in the state of my life, and nearly breaking. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what it might have been. Dama Tayora nearly nearly broke his neck. Like he just went in on him like a sliding tackle. Obviously, Tayora had been like you know 130 mile an hour running through, and Clark saw that he'd already just come on as well. He hadn't been on long, just took him out, and he like he did like a somersault in the air, landing on his head. So oh, I was like, keeping that one we finished. The, the best thing was summer. There was about three or four people behind us. Never a red. Never. It's like, no, I, he hasn't been sent up. He's been sent down. 
Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, when we get guests on, uh, we, we do like to talk about the best players and stuff like that. But what has become the most popular thing for me is the worst players. And um, Gary has very kindly drawn the list. Um, so, my honestly, I just love seeing the reactions of, of the guests. So, Gary, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll, we'll pass it to you for these 10 worst commentary players. Oh, it's not 10 <laughs> it's uh, 6 today it's the 6 most dreadful six. Coventry signings ever apparently I don't okay. know if you can see that but I just looked for a list on Google Like, so number 6 Viorel Moldovan I'm sure he signed for you and then left for Real Madrid is that right? No, no, no that's Robert Yarny so Robert oh, yeah. Yarny we, Croatian left back we signed him after France 98 he was at Real Betis Real Madrid wanted to sign him and Betis went south to Real Madrid so we signed him. He turned up. We had a pre-season game against Espanyol. This is folklore in Cov. And there was a picture on the local paper with him with his sunglasses on and his suit in the crowd. And you thought, he's all right. Three days later, he was at Real Madrid. We literally <laughs> sold we sold him to Real Madrid because Real Madrid couldn't buy him off Betis. And we made about two million off him. Boreal Moldovan, we signed him. Um, Romanian international. And he scored against Villa. Uh, so instantly, everyone loved him. But then he scored against England for Romania. Yes. In the, I think it may have been Euro 2000. And we'd never seen him again. He only <laughs> played about 18 games anyway. He was enigmatic, I think, is the is probably the best word to, to describe him, yeah. But it, it, he's got court, court status down here because he scored in a win against the Villa. So, um, one. yeah. This one's a, a former Sunderland player, Kevin Kyle. Oh, shit house! <laughs> well, we signed him from you for a million pounds, and you lot must have been laughing all the way to the bank. He scored on his debut against Norwich. Was it Norwich or Plymouth at home? Oh, I can't remember. We went three 0 uh, and he scored head on before. Oh, he's all right. I don't think he did. And I think he scored one goal after that. He was pony. I can honestly say that there's games where I'm watching and thinking, "Have we signed Kyle Kevin?" <laughs> I just yeah because I remember watching him for Sunderland and thinking you know he correct me if I'm wrong he come through as Niall Quinn was retiring and he was seen yeah. as the sort of yeah. natural successor for Niall Quinn him and Stewart did yeah. alright actually um, in, in the championship the yeah. first division and then he come to us it was yeah. absolutely horrific so yeah Kevin Carter should probably be higher with that list <laughs> do you know about his um, really bizarre injury that he got was that when he dropped ketchup on his foot or something no, no, that wasn't him. No, no, he, um, his wife had recently given birth, and he was boiling the kettle to put in for the milk, and he dropped the kettle on his um, testiculars. Um, but he's also, I mean, I, I honestly, I love Kevin Cal just for his Twitter, because um, last year, I think it was during COVID, he was on a segue with his kid, and the segue uh, the malfunctioned or he fell off. And his kid just jettisoned into the fridge. <laughs> it's like, it was so funny. I mean, he's, he is such, such a lovely bloke as well off the pitch. I've met him a few times. Lovely, lovely bloke. By the time I met him in, um, I think I met him in Chase in Durham. And he was, he was like, it was come to the end of his career. He was always injured. I was like, what, what's the matter, mate? You got like, like, are you made of elastic or something or other? And he just gave me this stare. I was like, oh, sorry. But I've met him since. Lovely yeah, bloke. Just another great well. footballer. He, um, he, he did an interview, I think, with, uh, with Off the Ball, Sorry Ferry. I don't know if you've seen any of their stuff. And, yes, um, yes. Go back and watch his episode because Sorry Ferry brings up commentary and he says, don't, next. 
And I think that says a lot. Um, it's not a bad way to go on to the next one, then, is it? Tim Sherwood, apparently. Oh, fuck <laughs> why you get? Why, why are you bringing these back? Tim Sherwood. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not really signed to him. I thought, oh, here we go. Um, I think we've just been, re- yeah, we've just been relegated. I thought um, we, we had we had a young midfield, Michael Doyle, uh, who was in the squad. Young Stephen Hughes from Arsenal. Uh, John Eustace was still knocking about. I think, and. It was seen that Tim Shearer would, would would come along, get the armband, and kind of we were in this transition phase of being relegated from the Premier League to just into Division One as it was then, and going back up. Um, yeah, he's made a glass. I think I remember him making two or three appearances, got his little pension pot. Ah, true. Next one's I've got uh, nothing else to add about Tim Sherpa. <laughs> I don't like him, so that's him. <laughs> Next oh, one he, is... He uh... made a chocolate and eat himself. <laughs> Fair enough. Next one is an ex-Newcastle player, Peter Ramage. We saw him from India. <laughs> <laughs> when we were fighting relegation... Don't see any more. Just leave it there. We saw him from India. Next. <laughs> what was he doing playing in the West Indies? No, he was playing for Mumbai Knights or something like that. Oh, he um he, he was he was playing in the Indian Premier League, um, which is notoriously a graveyard for footballers' careers. And I remember we signed him and just thought, what are we doing here? Like his best days were at Palace, what ten year ago, um, and yeah, he had the turning circle of the QE two. Uh, I've, I've I've seen Milk turn quicker. Uh, he looked like he was running a tree call. Yeah, next. Uh, next <laughs> one's uh, actually a former Middlesbrough player, Yakubu. <laughs> and Sunderland player. Russell Slade signed him. Uh, the, any Cov fan, when they hear those names, it's like hearing the boogeyman, they get shivers. Um, <laughs> Yakubu, I think he played three games and ran 40 yards. Um, there was one game, a notorious game at the Rico, he snapped his hamstring running onto the pitch and he was our third sub. So he was told to just stand still, and he did for like eight minutes. <laughs> I think it was the same season we'd signed. No, it was the season after we'd, we'd had Joe Cole. And it's like, we've signed Joe Cole, we've signed Jakubu. What's this? You know, Football Manager 2006. This is brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was obvious they were playing in 2016, 10 years on. That's class. I mean, the, the last one on this list, I've. I've... Can't say I've heard of him. I'm gonna try and say his name correctly. Alex Yevtushok. The first ever Ukrainian to play in the Premier League. That's all I can say about him. He played three games and disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth, mate. Never. Is he also the worst? <laughs> I, I'm guessing so. Like I say, he played three games, I think, and and that's it. Um, that it. But, but, but he holds that. Coventry had this thing. We've got the first Brazilian to play in the Premier League in Isaias. First Ukrainian. And I think the first in Zimbabwean with a Lovu, first, no, not the first Peruvian, the first Honduran. There's like five or six countries that we had the first of. And they were was it Was Stafford Chippel the first Moroccan as well? Wasn't he Chippel one, one of the first ones? He, he, he may have been. I don't know if. Um, he may have been. We had him and Haji at the same time and everyone walked Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Um, Haji had just won African Player of the Year and he signed for Coventry. Yeah, you try telling anyone under the age of 18 that that happened. Um, and, they laugh at you, <laughs> and they laugh at you. Um, I, there's one that's not on that list that I need to add. 
Go for it. Lee Burge. Oh, poor Burge. I agree with that. Yeah. Pop with Tom Hands. <laughs> tell you what, the second he signed for you, we were howling. We were howling. <laughs> Fair enough, he won the playoffs with us in League Two. That's his level. Uh, we, we, we won the pizza trophy with us before it was the pizza trophy. Um, yeah, he was okay on his day. Distribution's poor. I think he's uh, a vampire because he's got crosses. No command of his box. Um, I, I think he may have been a fly half as a kid playing rugby because he always hits for touch. Um, and like you say, he's got hands of noodles. So yeah, he has not got good hands at all. Uh, I can remember when we did sign him and I thought, you know what, he'd be a good number two because, like, I remember the 5-4 game and he, he, he was probably a fault for two, at least two of the goals. One he threw in his net. And I thought, oh, he's not going to be... Nah, but he, I thought he's just a nice league one goalkeeper. But now, he, I mean, he's he's, a, he's on the bench now because we've signed, uh, you know, Manuel Neuer's understudy. So, you yeah. know, things are looking good. You've had a few lads off us the last couple of years. You've had... Uh... Obviously, Jordan Willis came up. Um, mm. I know he's, he's had a horrible injury, bless him. So, always, yeah, always rated Jordan. I really hope he comes back. I really do. Um, you, you had Sparky McNaughty coming on loan, and I don't think that went too well, did it? Didn't play very often, but I think it might have been for something that wasn't football related, to be honest. I know Jack Ross didn't particularly care for him. Um, uh, we, we, had Dave, we, had, we had Davey Moyle on loan at one point. Wow. Yeah, great bloke. Great wow. It seems like a lovely chat, but he should be in your list, Gary. Um, <laughs> I, I think he thought he was signing for the esports team because all he talked about was playing FIFA. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, look, look, look there's, there's plenty of players we could sit here and, uh, and add to that list. Um, we've been blessed with some absolutely, absolute gems over the year. We've got a couple in, in our current squad. Marcel Hilsner, we signed from Paderborn, and he was billed as the, this. I think it was the German Gareth Bale. Turns out he's asthmatic and three stone overweight. Um, <laughs> w- went on loan to Oldham, and Oldham fans were saying, can you take him back? Um, <laughs> we've got Wesley Jabello at the minute, who hasn't been given a squad number this year, and is arguing with fans on Twitter all the time, which is brilliant to see. Um, Castanier we got rid of. He went, on lo- he went on loan to Hearts last year, and Hearts fans were saying, please, can you take him back? Because um, he's a pony. Um, yeah, we, we, we've had a few. Darius Henderson as well. Jesus Christ! If you if you want to laugh, Google Darius Henderson for Cobb against Peterborough. It is the, the most comical miss you'll ever see. He's lined it up. Slow mo's even better. Put some Titanic music over it. <laughs> He's lining it up, and you think Darius Henderson? He scored a few goals in his time, and he kicks his own leg twice and hits the deck, and it's just mud in his face. It's golden. Golden. I can always remember wanting to sign him a few years ago, but uh, I was probably glad that we didn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, like, like I say, I mean, this, th- these are the highlights. Uh, uh, you can always, you can, you can get your, your great players, you know, and you'll always remember your great players. But it's always better remembering the shit in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <100%. 100%. laughs> it's the reactions, thing, what, what, though, it is. It's the reactions of the worst players when you don't know what's coming and you hear the name, yeah. and it's just like. Oh my god! I totally forgot about this. And what you've done there, Gary, is you've tapped into a part of my brain that I've locked away and didn't. <laughs> I'm going to need counselling after this. Uh, <laughs> and you brought up some of those names. <laughs> he brought up uh, Lee Camp last week, and uh, we had Alyssa Rowell on, who's um, like a, a, a podcast. Um, 
the podcast creator from up here, and she's only she's only a kid, like she's bloody brilliant, like sixteen uh, year old. She's gonna go far, but mind her face when we mentioned Lee Camp, and Lee Camp was a constant member of the podcast, all like all so, over. So I like we, had, we had him last season. Um, both goalies were injured, and he still didn't get a game. <laughs> True story. Here we go. Here we go. Can get Dave from Peter when he played in goal. I think, that, I, think, I think that says a lot about him. It, a lot it about does. Him. It does bless me. He's he's somewhere in League One now. He might be at Fleetwood or somewhere like that. But he's he's. Um, I know they're playing red. I've seen him on Quest. Yeah, he's somewhere. Game. He is somewhere. Um, I hope I never see him because he's he's bound to have a blinder next time we play. Of Bound to have a blind, and I really don't want that to happen. Um, but um, what we'll do is, mate, we'll now go on to the, the final part of, of the, the podcast, really. It's our baller and boric of the week. Um, you know, you've had about an hour to have a think about it. Um, so we'll start off with baller first. Since you're the guest, mate, you can go first. Um, I think I've got to give it to uh, Mo Salah after that goal against Watford. Just yeah. little tiny dance out. Let those feet are unreal. And I can't wait to watch Ben Foster's YouTube channel to see what he says about it. Because, <laughs> look, I, Salah's one of these players that I think people blow a lot of smoke up his ass, but that was unreal. That mm-hmm. was unreal. Um, and he, I think he, I think that kind of cements that he's up there, he scored eight goals, run, eight games running. Um, I think that cements that he's up there as one of the best players in the world at the minute for me. I think he's the best player in the world at the minute. Just, I mean, that goal against City as well. Um, you know, he just runs like runs through City. And um, funny you should mention Ben Foster because Ben Foster actually captained him on his dream team on Saturday. <laughs> 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 yeah. So he's uh, a little bit unlucky there. Um, Is that and not it wasn't the uh, No, because it's it's you know there was that Premier League dream team thing. Ah, so no, um, yeah. you don't pay for money, do you? So I think I think he's oh, okay yeah, with that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he captained him. At least it wasn't for me, because like for me, he would have got loads of points, wouldn't he? So what? That's Jesus a... Christ, that 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 would have um, raised some eyebrows, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would have, it would have, yeah. Um, Gary, we'll go for your baller of the week. Uh, Got to go for uh, Edward Mendy masterclass. Like Brentford were brilliant in the second half, and Edward Mendy kept them in, kept Chelsea in the game. He was absolutely class. And they were talking about um, this morning. Um, and Sunday about how he isn't nominated for Ballon d'Or. Um, mm. Ballon d'Or, sorry, I don't know why I said d'Or. Um, that he was absolutely... That's what you're wearing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a sweaty hoodie, mate. I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> Nobody, I just thought he was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that save where he tipped it over the bar. Um, I can't remember who took the shot for Brentford, but what a save that was. Like, yeah. Um, very yeah. good goalie. Very, very underrated good. as well. Yeah. 20 million he cost. Yeah. Absolutely class. That's, a, that's a snip. That the only thing about Mendy for me, he doesn't look like a goalkeeper. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah. He's like he looks a bit too skinny. But I mean, mm. I mean, uh, I mean, all Frank Lampard got didn't really, you know, pull up any trees. Chelsea, but what a signing he's been! I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and and they always say, you know, a goal, a good goalkeeper gets you, you know, 10, 15 points a season, and there's there's three straight off the bat. Because uh, Brentford were tremendous and probably should have won the game, but you know that that for me that's why I think Chelsea will be very much hard to beat this year just for him because um, he's like a he's like a wall. He's he's doing so well. Um, I'm gonna break away from football for mine, uh, and I'm gonna go for Cameron Norrie, um, who Brilliant. has become the first British tennis player to win at Indian Wells, which 
considering we've had Andy Murray, Tim Henman, Greg Rosetsky, who have all been great on hard courts, for Cameron yeah. now to do that, break into the top 20, has a chance to be in the ATP World Finals at the end of the year, is now uh, British number one. I think that's been fantastic for somebody who not many people have known this time last year. I think that's that's fantastic. And I think it's just going on the whole tennis, British tennis is kind of hitting a, a little bit of a renaissance. Obviously with Emma Raducanu winning um, the US Open and now Cameron Norrie winning that. I think absolutely magnificent for him. Um, and I'm really, really chuffed to bits. Um We'll go to ball ache, so from the sublime to the ridiculous nail, um, we'll go to ball ache of the week. Well, I did have one lined up, but you said before we started recording you were going with it, and I, w- I want to give you it. Because oh, we can it, be joined if you want, no problem at all. It's a gold one. It, it, it's, it's either Bolton Wanderers as a football club, um, <laughs> to lose 4-0 at home to, a, you know, a t- you know local, local rivals, just a capitulation. Yeah. You should be, honestly... I hate calling for refunds of fans and stuff, but you you need to do something to rectify that um, because there's no way on earth that that's acceptable. Um, not for local rivals, not a chance. It was either them or Portsmouth, you know, dragging your fans that far to watch them lose 4-1 at Rotherham. Yeah, I, I'm not about that. So, yeah, I, I think it, it would have been hard to go for Ranieri after, you know, losing 5-0 on your first game. Good luck to him, though, because he didn't get sacked. That's a new record. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, I, I think I think Bolton are going to get my ball leg. Yeah, cool. Jerry? Uh, I have to keep in fit with the podcast, mate, and I've got to go for a brilliant showing for 23 minutes from John Joe Shelby. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what he was thinking. His head was in a goldfish bowl, like, but I don't know what he was thinking for 23 minutes. And, like, I, I feel for, like, Steve Bruce's face as well when you saw when he got sent off and he just went... <sighs> I don't feel for Manolli Bortman. I don't feel he for Manolli Bortman. So, don't man. I don't yeah. even know how he's going to Do you remember when John Joe Shelver went? Everyone said, this, was, this wasn't just Newcastle fans. This was the press who said, I think it might have been, like, Four, four or five years ago, where John George Shelby should be in the England team over Jordan Henderson. Do you remember that? And I mean, how are you, man? He's fucking hopeless. Anyway, keep going, Kevin. <laughs> no, no, I think you, I think you uh, put the exclamation mark on that. There, he is. He's he's not a great player, mate. He's not a great player. Well, I don't know how he's a Premier League player still, but um, I don't see a Newcastle super force with him in it. Like, do you? <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, I think one thing I will say is when you look at their team sheet from yesterday, that will be one of those things that is tweeted in five, six years' time saying, remember when we had this shit? <laughs> uh, remember when John George Shelby got sent off and then, yeah. then went, on to, <laughs> went on to play Lord Voldemort's um, stunt double in the next Harry Potter film? Um, yeah, mine, obviously, we discussed this on uh, off-air just before. Mine is for ex-Coventry. Are we calling them a legend? Uh, well, certainly not now. Um, David Speedy, who... Um, decided to completely show the whole world really that he's a sexist twat um, when he was asked about does he watch football anymore and no because there's too many women in it um, this I mean obviously this podcast we have had her game two on here we had Lucy Ford who was an absolute tremendous woman and there's just no time there's no place there's just no need for it for him to say anything like that. I mean, and I, re- I mean, I, I, I've heard apparently today, Neil, um, on uh, the local company radio, they had the Coventry ladies manager on and there was a, a host of the Coventry radio who just said, look, he should never be allowed on any Coventry radio or Coventry 
associated thing ever again, and I totally yeah. agree with that. I think there's, 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 like, there's been some severe backlash. Obviously, I was at the game, so I didn't hear it. It was on mm-hmm. the, the local radio. It was covering the game. And I think... Um, he, he tried to kind of get out of it. He said he doesn't watch it because of the politics involved and he doesn't think that women are qualified to talk about the men's game. But I do watch Match of the Day because I think Alex Scott's all right. And I just <laughs> think... Well, to be fair, valid point, Alex Scott is brilliant. But that's that's like kind of saying, I'm not racist because I'm a black guy. Like, it's just... It was just horrific. Um, mm-hmm. He's rightly been panned on, you know, by Cov people, Cov fans as well. Um the, the club has been bombarded with tweets saying, I hope he's never invited to a Legends Day uh, or, or anything like that. Um, he's come out and apologised and said that he's, if you knew his story, he's been depressed the last few years and things have happened. It's not an excuse, mate. Don't try and use yeah. mental health as an excuse. Um, you know, the, the, the problem isn't that you said it, mate. It's the, pro- the problem is you think it. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a couple of people saying that give him a second chance. He's been done for racist remarks before as well. It's not like this is the first time that he's had an indiscretion. Speedo was a legend at Cobb on the pitch and he, he was at Liverpool and Blackburn and Chelsea and plenty of other clubs. What someone needs to do is kind of educate him more than anything and just say, look, this is why your thought process is wrong. Um, yeah, there the are disparities between the men and women's game, but that gap is getting shorter and shorter week by week by week. Um, and the more that Sky and BBC and BT Sport keep showing these games, the better, because it is bringing such a highlight on the women's game. You know, I love watching the Lionesses when when, when they're on the BBC sort of thing, because hey, for, a, for a long time, they were the only England side that were winning. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> why wouldn't we want to watch it? And again, I, I've touched on it before, it's brilliant at football turning around and seeing men, women, children, black, white, Asian, purple uh, uh, football games because that's what we want. It's it's a community game at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just been a bit of a bad week for, you know, like misogyny and sexism, to be honest, because we had all this stuff with the... Uh, I think it was the Sheffield Wednesday game when uh, Rebecca Wells got um, a bit of sexism on Twitter. and it's just been a bit of a bad week, but it's a pause. That's that's why, you know, we need things like her game too, who are doing so good, 100%. so good work, you know what I mean? And and that's that. hence why, if anyone's saying, well, why the hell was that was that made, people like that, like David that's Speedy and, and like the idiot on Twitter... That's why. And there's no room for it. And yeah, I'm with you, man. I just, I just wouldn't. If that had been a Sunderland legend or whomever, I would have been saying exactly the same thing, you know, because there's absolutely no room for it anymore. And, you know, it's just so, like, like outdated views, isn't it? And, and well, it's all just... you've got to look at is the England Andorra game a few weeks ago. Yeah. was the first high profile game that was officiated by an all female side. And that went seamless. Yeah. Um, you, you hark back to, to the original incident of women in football, as it were. Sean Messi, Sean Messi, Messi wasn't it? Yeah. I know Sean personally. Her dad was the chairman of Monster the League Football Club, so she sent me off twice. Thanks, Sean. Um, and I remember, because I, I grew up near her, when she made that decision, when Andy Gray made his comments, etc. Liverpool versus Wolves, I'll never forget it. And they were saying, oh, she doesn't have the offside rule. She got that decision spot on. Bang on, wasn't it? it? Yeah. Which made it even better because the amount of experts and commentators were going, oh, she's got that wrong. And then when you slowed it down and used the technology, she got it spot on. And I think that was the perfect two fingers up. Yeah, Um, yeah. And and long may that continue. 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, like I say, it's, it's, it, it's what I've, I've said, you know, three or four times now on this podcast now, it's football's for fans. It doesn't matter if you, you know, if you're man, woman, black, white, it doesn't matter. We're all fans and we all want to enjoy watching our team. It doesn't matter who the hell you are and for seeing things like that. And, and now it's coming from, you know, ex-pros and stuff like that. I can get it. The Twitter stuff, you know, I've gone until I'm blowing the teeth. You know, I think that, you know, Twitter and Facebook need to be more active. But I just hope that you know the next, you know, the next Crumbly legend to get it on, on, on for the radio and everything like that has the respect that you know the the women's football game needs. Um, because it is, it's great, man. I agree with you. I, I absolutely love it. I, I go and watch Southern ladies as much as I can, and, and for a long time they were the only Southern team winning. You know, so um, it does change. But um, no, um, I think we'll we'll leave it on that in the minute. I wish I wish Crumbly the best of luck, even coming from a Southern fan, right. mate. I've got. Obviously, the the stuff that's that was done in the past is in the past, which is all yeah. the best. We might be playing this next season. Fingers crossed. I hope so. I hope so. You boys always bring a good crowd down, and it's always a good game. So, uh, yeah, all, all the best. I hope you get up. Yeah, and good luck with the new podcast, and good luck Thank with the um, Twenty Years Plenty platform. Um, if you need any help with that, mate, just give us a shout. Gary, as as always, mate. Thanks very much. No worries, mate. It's been a uh, pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Now I'm going to go and have a, a shower because I stink. Um, I need my water going, so I think I'm going for sure. Um, I think we're yeah. going to be back at some point this week talking about gambling and football, Gary, because I know, um, as was put on my Twitter, I've um, suffered from addiction and obviously the Merson document went on last week, so uh, be sure to listen to that one. Uh, we have got guests coming out of our eyeballs, to be honest, so um, it's going to be an interesting time. Um, the next guest will be Swansea fan um, Amy Clement, um, and I can't wait to talk to her because she's got so, such a good story on and off the pitch as well, so uh, that'll be great, but um, until then, thank you so much, everyone. We will see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.